I'm so excited. Thank you for being here with me, for offering your story, for Birth Her Story. You know I have um, a blog, Birth Her Story. Yes. And I have been able to work with you. Well, let you me have. come around here for a second. <laughs> so... I have had an opportunity to be yes. with my love, yes. my darling, uh, with my friend. Woo. Postpartum for two births, right? <clears throat> Postpartum for two yeah, births. Yeah, I couldn't say I was there for any of them for the reason right. that you're going to be talking about. Yes. <laughs> I can talk about that. <laughs> but I love you so much. Thank you for being willing to share. Yes, I, I'm honored. Yeah, Thank because you. what you're going to share is going to help so many women who don't know anything, yeah. who are nervous, who just yeah. really just want to hear from authentic, real women. Yeah. And not just what they hear on the news and not just what they hear from others, but real women. So yes. are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> please, 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 please. Tell me, first of all, before you had your kids, what were your thoughts about home birth? My thoughts about home birth was that it was um, old-fashioned. I knew that um, a lot of my family members, meaning my mother and my aunts and everything, they were birthed at home. So it was something that was really just, it happened, and I thought it was a nice thing, and I had great stories that were told to me, but I didn't think that it was something that it, you know, that I could do, really. So mm-hmm. old-fashioned, yeah. So when you say stories, what kind of stories had you heard? Um, the stories kind of go like, you know, everybody brought food and, um, either the midwife or just grandma was there to Mm -hmm. help, um, birth the baby. Um, sometimes the midwife wasn't there. Um, (laughs) yeah, but everybody, (laughs) yeah, but everybody always brought food, um, made a big fuss over mom and baby and she was never alone. I love that part. That part is special to me, the, yeah. the never alone part. I oh, think yeah. one of the things that has happened um, in modern culture with all of our efforts to be doulas and things like that yeah. in the past 30 or 40 years, one thing that we're missing is black women who are trying to reclaim some things some uh, uh, about birth. We forget that the never alone part. We absolutely. can do that without we training. We can do that. We absolutely <laughs> we can do that. And I think that a lot of people think that they need to be alone or I can I can do that by myself or you know they have that type of and I think society has actually brought that to everyone's attention and exactly. made them feel like they need to be alone exactly. or it's okay for them to be alone. And I mean, yeah, if, if that's just what you want, but most women, I want to say, I don't know a good percentage, but I'm going to throw a percentage out there. 99.9% of women do not want to be alone. And I would agree with that. I think that if we get to the place where postpartum we want to be alone, it's because yeah. of other things that have happened. Absolutely. Not because that's just how we think we ought to yeah. be. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, we, think it was, it's, it, I think it's more innate in us to want to be with someone and we need it and we need it do yeah i agree Mm -hmm. with that so you had some of your children in the hospital you had them all at home well i have five children okay i had the first two three that's when you have so many kids you don't (laughs) have to start okay so (laughs) wait a minute the oldest in the hospital then the next one in the hospital and then the third one he was born in 
Yeah, in the hospital as well. Um, yeah. And so then the what last were those experiences two, like for you? Well, the first experience was um, a little bit scary because actually the first two were scary because the first one um I had a beautiful labor my family was really supportive of the labor I, I mean not labor pregnancy mm-hmm. beautiful pregnancy and felt good throughout had a lot of support a lot of um people cooking for me even while I was pregnant you know just really <laughs> just really supportive so I had a really healthy time yeah. during that time and when it came to okay it's time for the labor I didn't even know that I was in labor mm. Wow. And a lot of people kind of get, now that I'm a doula, I can understand how someone doesn't know because yeah. labor is actually a process. Labor is not all heavy exactly. breathing all the time. It's not, I'm <laughs> on the floor. Now, it can get to that point, exactly. but your body is doing a lot of work. For a long time. For a long time <laughs> before that happens. So I end up having some spotting one night, called the nurse's line. Well, if, honey, if you still have it in the morning, just go ahead and go to the emergency room. Okay, well, I got that morning. I was still spotting. Um, so mind you, I was maybe about a month early. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a month. I wasn't due for another month, but I went in and I'm like, okay, just make sure the baby okay and send me home. Well, to my surprise, I was six centimeters dilated. <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, I had a good doctor and he would talk to me about Braxton Hicks and contractions but neither one of us knew that I had this high tolerance for pain. So the Braxton Hicks that I was having should have actually made me want to lay down a little bit. But I was like doing stuff. Of course. Okay. So, <laughs> so I didn't know. So they kept me and long story short, um, I decided that I didn't want to feel any pain. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have had, I've heard so many, of course. um, bad stories, not from my family. This is but from friends or, you know, life. Oh it, yeah. yeah. Oh girl, you're going to work the epidural, honey, because you would be so comfortable, honey. You're not going to feel anything. <laughs> Next thing you know, that baby going to be out. And I'm like, Oh man, that sounds great. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be huffing and puffing, you know, and scaring everybody. This is what I was thinking. Exactly. Because um, I didn't want to be in a position where I was uncomfortable and then I'm making other people uncomfortable. That's how they were making me feel. But you know, that's amazing that you say that. That Mm -hmm. in our birthing, that somehow we are still in that mode of, I don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. Oh, I know. I know I'm giving birth, but I want you to feel uncomfortable. And that's a really big deal when people think about birth support and what birth has become right the notion that even in this sacred time my goal is to not make you feel uncomfortable exactly and I think that came from first of all I was really aware of my body Mm -hmm. I didn't have I was very secure Mm -hmm. in who I was and in my body but then I had all these strangers bust in the room with my legs wide open they want to poke and prod oh this is a resident and I'm like can they be here and I'm like (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Same girl I remember. You know, okay. and, it's, and then the nerves kick in. And guess what? Labor was like, eh. Exactly. exactly. So then they were like, well, well, you know what? You're already too far. Let's get you this Pitocin. But let's make sure we get you the epidural first. So by the time I started actually in the process of pushing and everything, I didn't know where to push. 
I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. It's something And it got to the point where they needed to use forceps to pull my baby out. They're like, push. I'm like, I literally said this. Where? (laughs) I literally (sighs) said where? Push like you're going to the bathroom. And I'm like, honey, I can't feel feel anything. I can't feel anything. So I had to really pretend that I knew I'm like okay I'm gonna push like I was going to the bathroom and I was in my mind I felt like I was doing it but so either way I go it was a very um it was a little traumatic only because his head my son's head did get bruised um he was fine I was fine but that part it was a little traumatic for me having him you know being pulled out instead of me actually pushing him out so the next time, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to, you know, That's I'm not, I'm going to feel it, and I'm going to feel it. Oh, you know? good. So you described your first birth experiences, yeah. experience in the hospital, yeah. and you said the next time you were going to feel the, feel the fire. I was going to feel the fire. <laughs> so that's what I was going to do. <laughs> So is so, that what you did? Did you feel You know what? Oh. Yes and no. Okay. I did, but let me tell you, there was a point of fear that came over me when oh. I actually started to get into really active labor. Oh. I started to get really fearful, and I was like, you know what? Just give me something to take the edge off, okay? Mm-hmm. So they took the edge off, and mind you, I wasn't allowed to get up. So it was like... I wasn't was like, allowed to get up. Don't you love it? Say it again. So I wasn't allowed to get up. Tell, people don't understand that always, yeah. what that looks like, and why a woman would say, I wasn't allowed to get up, and, and why we would, like, when we say that, it's like, what do you mean you can't get up, or you only get to go when you have to go to the bathroom, and then, what is that, how does that get in your mind where, no matter how much you say, yeah, I'm allowed to get up, how in your mind did you see where it was like, um, no, actually, it was like, it, is, it has everything to do with the way that you're spoken at. You hear Come I now. said at Come and not now. to. Exactly. They walk into the room. I'm going to check you now. Okay. Not is it okay or are you good? None of that. None of that. So we're talking about <clears throat> women that might be survivors of things. Absolutely. Um, of, of, of not having autonomy over their body at different yes. phases in their life. And it's often, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to feel, okay, uh, and no one is, I'm not going to say no one anywhere because we always know that there is not one general stereotype we can have. We've all had that one experience with someone that proves everything else wrong. Right. At the same time. There is a lot of movement, and you just kind of in that yeah. state go with it. So if someone There's comes a, and pulls yeah. your feet up, and if someone goes, "Okay, we're gonna check you now," we're going to. <laughs> There's a lording over, basically. Mm-hmm. I, that's the way I feel when you come into someone's home, or um, you don't automatically, um, if you know, if you don't know them well, you don't exactly. automatically have a seat. Right. I mean, even if you're cordial with them and they've invited you over for dinner, you do not come over and just sit your tail down. Exactly. What happens? Come in. Let me take your coat. Have a seat. Make yourself at home. Okay. They offer that. Exactly. That's that one place where we go. We're totally exposed. Yes. You know, (laughs) in a way that. I don't, if I didn't know that person in the street, I would never, never just let you 
Put your hands in. And in reality, <laughs> it's kind of like a person from the street because exactly. the people who taking care of you the most in the hospital are the nursing staff. You don't know these people. Not at all. You know the doctor because you've seen them, and for the last couple of weeks, you've seen them every week, maybe. Yeah. But the nursing staff, you don't know them. No. But you trust them because they're there. And they're part of, yes. And you trust their expertise. So when they say, I'm going to, or they say the doctor's going to start you in Pitocin now, or, you know, this and that, then you feel obligated to just say absolutely nothing. Yeah. And go with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and like you said, for a person that has had a history of abuse and has some PSTD surrounding that, they may feel even worse in those situations because even though it's they don't want to come, you know, the nursing staff they're not trying to make they're not, try, it's they're the not trying to be that way, set up, right? Course. But they come in and say, "I'm going to check you That's now." Exactly. They may hear you're going to be abused again right now, exactly. and you better shut up. Yeah, you never because sometimes those checks are painful. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Gosh. I'm sorry. Oh, Mama's pushing. I've heard this one. No noise. Just push, no noise. Have you heard that actually? Oh, I've heard it. I've been oh, at a birth. Oh my God. No noise. And I had to whisper because I'm a whisperer to my clients. I say, <laughs> you make all the noise you need to make. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is your body. This is your voice. How did that play out for you in your second or third, the other births well, in the hospital? Um. Well, it got to the point with the second one where the edge wore off, and so I was able to feel everything. But because I was restrained, I was stressed. I didn't, um, my husband was there, and he was trying to bring me, I panicked. He was trying to bring me back to a point of focus, and he did, but um, nobody else did. Isn't that amazing? You know, so had he not been there, to try to bring me back and focus me on like, you got this, then I don't even know what would have happened in that birth. I don't know. I don't know. So your hospital births, they were different than the first, mm -hmm. but still not what you would necessarily want. I mean, or how did you, well, how did you end up getting to the place where you saw home birth as an old-fashioned thing and then you did the hospital you're like okay i'm not doing epidural wait how was it without the epidural for you you said you was it it's terrible just in that when you talked about the mm -hmm. shock you were in and the right was it was it you talked about your high pain threshold and stuff yeah. like that was it yeah. was it that for you without the the medication of course, it was very, you know, it was birth, so it's not, birth is not a cakewalk. Girl, um, really? It's not a cakewalk, I promise. <laughs> but I think now that I've had two, three births without the epidural, I know then, um, if I knew then what I know now, I would have just moved. I would have shifted my body. I felt stuck. I couldn't move. I felt, stuck. I felt stuck because here I have one lady on each side of me. They're both holding my legs up. They're pushing them forward. 
and I wanted to move. Yeah. I wanted to, like, the contractions are pulling me forward. The so contractions you, move my body. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah. that's what they did. They moved my body into where I needed to be yeah. for that birth. And I was trying to move, and I'm, I'm holding things, and I'm trying to so sit you up. I felt restricted. I felt restricted, and nothing was holding me down. But they were telling me, no, uh, no, no, you got to keep your feet up, keep your feet up. So I guess I was being held down. Wow. Okay, so your first home birth, was it planned? You're, you're like, you set up your house. It was, you were ready. You were like. It was none of that. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, please tell us. My, fo- my first home birth was actually a planned hospital birth. Ah. Um, by this time... I knew what a doula was, but before that, I really, I knew, I kind of knew, but, you know, I knew more what a midwife was, and I knew that, you know, a support person, I'm like, okay, you know, and actually, I had actually been a doula for years, if you want to get technical, exactly. about 10 years before, yeah. before I even knew what a doula was, but, um, <clears throat> so I had planned, and, and I remember contacting you, and I'm like, yeah, I need, to, I guess I need the support, but, um. <laughs> But I don't know if I actually need, you know, it was the whole thing. Like, I wanted, but I didn't know, you know, because my husband has always been phenomenal in the birth room. Would you just say that? Oh, my hand is in the camera. That's okay. Would you just just say that? And I just want to interject here because I think it's important to say it. Um, I honor everyone's... um, experiences with birth yeah um i honor i honor the ancient ways of birth of, yeah. of women being with women yeah but i cannot deny that even for me i didn't have anybody but my husband yes. and when i say rock star right. he was a rock star and that's one thing i admire about your your husband as well rock star phenomenal <laughs> and so it's 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 it's, yep. it's important that we don't make those generalizations yes uh, some people in an effort, I don't know if you've seen this, mm-hmm. in an effort to talk about the importance of a doula yeah. will say, mm-hmm. and your husband can't do whatever for you. Your husband can't be that for you. You need a, an actual doula. And I, it always mm-hmm. gives me pause. I've heard it from several people, from some well-known people, others not. I think that that's an individual process and yeah. individual relationships. But I love your husband because, yes, honey. Yeah, yes, exactly. He's <laughs> he's been he, phenomenal in every way and he has no former training. <laughs> he has never been to a doula course and um and uh, he he's squeamish. Yeah. He he won't even watch a birth video. But when it comes down But when it comes coming bringing forth one of his, his babies, baby. <laughs> he is there. He's on. And yeah. he is on full alert. You know, so I really admire that about him, but um, and appreciate him being yeah. there each and every time, the way he has been, even though it has caused him some. Afterwards, he'd be like, "Whoa, what you know, I need a nap." <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and during that time, I mean, like, awesome? on it. Awesome. And I think that you know, people dismiss the level of instinct that the father has. And they dismiss them. That's why when I work with couples and and they have a spouse or whatever, I have to let them know. I'm not here. I'm not here to replace you. you. And those are the exact words I use. I want to be able to empower you both to work together. 
Even if it means me sitting to the side. And if you don't know what to do, you say, help me. Help me. Tell me what to do. Oh, well, let me remind you. Remember, we practiced this, you know, and let them work together because I want everybody to feel the same experience I had with my husband as they deal with this, you know. And especially if it's their desire, like if that's something that Absolutely. they want. Absolutely. one thing if the, I mean, I'm not for, you know, forcing anybody to do anything of they course. don't want. But for those that want to be a part, they yes. should not be told that they cannot no. support that, that woman in their life. No. They should not be told that. They shouldn't. And if they still want you there, and they will still pay for your service. Exactly. So it has nothing to do with losing out on money. Yeah. You know, it has. I think that's kind of what people think that's going to happen. What, I think so too, and you I know. think we should be mindful of, uh, of of this space. Absolutely, you know, yeah. When we are talking about uh, really doing what's best for women, yeah. You know, doing what's best for families, yeah. That we not choose between, you know, financial gain, right, and family, exactly, and health, and yeah, all of those. Because at the end of the day, what's best for them is, is what they say is best for them. Exactly. Not what we say is best for them. I agree wholeheartedly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so back to you. Back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part about your husband. You want it's one of the reasons why I admire you so much, and I always like to point that out. I know I'm not the only one who had a husband that was yes, in it. Because your story. I always like to point that out. I think it's, yeah. it's important as we're talking about supporting black women, yeah. supporting whatever. You know, there are some men that are like, put me in, coach. Put me in. I yes. Have, you know, put me yes. in. What, did, what do I do? What do I do? And and the women, not yeah. that he's forcing himself, but the woman that says, what can my husband do? Mm-hmm. We want to do this. If that's a mutual yeah. thing, that should be supported. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, it's only, that's the only reason they're so standoffish. Exactly. They have no idea what, what to do. What do I do? Oh, no. And guess what? They they feel the same intimidation from the staff at the hospitals exactly. because they're they're in the shoe. They're trying to be there for their spouse, exactly. and they want to feel. They they can't feel the pain, but somehow they want to take it away. And then they have the Lord yeah. come in. <laughs> exactly. The Lord team come in exactly. and say, "We're going to. We're going to." And and you're just more helpless. So now you're, you're, just looking, more helpless. you're just more helpless. It's like, I don't know what to do. Do I touch her? Can I hold her hand? Exactly. I've heard that. Can I hold her I hand? Yeah. you have. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can, I, can I talk to her? Because mm-hmm. it's a specimen. It's like, you know, what, 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 what happens now? Yeah. So for you, you planned a home, a home birth, a hospital birth. Yeah. It didn't work out that it way. It didn't work out that way. And because at this, this is my most this, favorite. <laughs> This is your most favorite story. It's one of my most favorites, too. My most favorite. <laughs> so <clears throat> I had planned to, of course, have a baby in the hospital. And I had a birth plan. And, you know, I wasn't going to, I was going to do it all the natural way. By this time, I said, you know, I'm not being held down. Actually, if I don't want anybody to touch me, right, then I don't have a problem right. with saying, I would, li- please don't touch me. Oh um, because I felt that more powerful with the education that exactly. I had at this time. So... And I'm not going in for every little nip and nudge, you know. I don't feel like I need to be sent home ten times before I'm told that I'm actually in active labor. Mm-hmm. I can stay home in labor as much as I want. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to do so. <laughs> but this time, I was asleep. It's about, what, five o'clock in the morning. I get woken up and I'm like, ooh, 
you know, that was a good one. And this is what I used to do. Oh, yeah, that was. That was <laughs> ooh. Okay, it woke me up out of my sleep. Like, ooh, oh, oh yes, you know. But then here. the next one, I gripped the sheets. I was like, ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> so then by like the. Okay, so I went to the bathroom and, and I saw that I was okay. I was like, you know, that's definitely my mucus plug. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, so I'm just going to go lay back down because that can absolutely mean nothing. Right? You lose your mucus sure. plug. It could be sure. like days. It could be days. It could grow back. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Like, we're going to plug you I'm back like, up okay, well, you know, we just need to probably abstain for a couple days, you know, so <laughs> I'm just going to go lay back in the bed. Nothing to promote. <laughs> no more stimuli. <laughs> no more stimuli. And, you know, I was, I was due, you know, that week. So I'm like, whatever. So I go back and lay in bed and I'm like, okay, you know, they tell you empty your bladder, exactly. um, you know, have a drink of water, exactly. lay down. So that's what I did, I, you know. And um, I came out of the bathroom and went to go lay down. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get a drink of water. I forgot to do that part. I went down the stairs. And on my way down the stairs, I couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> had some blocks of things. I had some blocks. things just tighten me all up. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that was a really good one. Okay. All right. So I went ahead and got my water. Went back up the stairs. Halfway up, I'm like, ooh. All right, so I laid down. Still, I'm oblivious because I don't want to run to the hospital. Exactly. Right. You, you, I'm like, this could stop at any time. You had enough experience. It's like, look. Yeah, I'm like, this could stop at any time. They were really inconsistent time-wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I laid down. But then I was like, you know, I might need to start timing these. And then they start coming a little bit. And my husband felt my uneasiness, I guess, in yeah. the bed. Yeah. And he said, babe, are you okay? I said no. <laughs> I said no. He said, "Are you in labor?" I was like, "I think so." He's like, "All right." He got up. He started putting on his clothes. Called his parents. Yeah, Christian labor. You know, I'm gonna need you to come get the other kids. You know, called my my mother and father in law. So we get up and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go take a shower real quick." He was like, "Baby, don't you get in that shower?" <laughs> So I didn't get in the shower. I was like, well, at least I brushed my teeth. I'm be huffing and puffing. So I'm brushing my teeth. And as I'm brushing, I have felt another wave coming. And I walked into this. is a little blue table I had in the kitchen. I walked over to the table and I just, because it was yes. like waist height. And I yes. felt like I needed that support. You and, that so, and then I felt two little soft hands on my back. Oh. Doing just like this. Just oh. like this. And after that contraction, I felt it like this. And then it went away and I stood up and it was my daughter. Oh, look at that little doula. Right. I was like, thank you. So I went back and I'm brushing my teeth again. (laughs) By this time, I'm feeling like I got to hurry up because we need to go to the hospital. Yes. So I'm brushing my teeth. Here, come another one. Back to the table. Here she come again. Oh. You know. Got done with that. How old was she then? Because that was for Justin. So how old was she then? That was four years ago. So yes. she was... 11, 12, 13, 12. No, she's... How old is she now? She's 14. So she was... <gasps> That's yeah. right. That's, she's not the one. That's she was like yet. 10, 11-ish. Yeah. So more like 10, really. More like 10. More yeah. like 10, depending on the... Yeah, I'm thinking about the time of the year. Yep. And um, my husband, he had went out and it was pouring down rain. And we live on this corner lot. Yeah. And I mean, 
you know, neighbors can see us from any angle. And um, he goes out to t turn the car on and takes the bags to the car. And I walked to the front and then we had a dining table right in the front door. And that contraction took me into the position that I needed to be. To birth that baby. <laughs> and I got down on my knees. That was the only way. And I was like, oh, that's how it took me. Oh. <laughs> and I'm down there. And my husband walks back in the house and he says, you okay? And I said, can you drive? <laughs> By this time, I knew that transition was pending exactly. because my words weren't coming out right. What I meant to say was, do you think we'll make it to the hospital? But the only thing I could say was, can you drive? <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, you okay? Come on, get up. So I'm running down the front porch. I mean, this is real. In between the contractions, you can relax. But exactly. at this point, you have this, yeah. the capacity to be absolutely normal. Yeah. So I run down the front porch stairs. I swung the side van door open because I'm like, there's no way I'm sitting on my tail in the front seat. Yeah. So I flip back the, the and put it, you know, recline the chair seat all the way back. And I was kind of like cradling on the on the back seat, you know, leaning over and I'm just rocking. And then all of a sudden, the next wave came. That last push. What well, a last, last contraction <laughs> in the car. Right? <laughs> so it comes over me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to push. Wow. So after that contraction, I turned around to my husband. Mind you, we're still in the driveway. I turned around to my husband and I said, baby, he's not going to wait. He said, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, baby, he's coming now. Wow. And he said, okay. So it was okay. Um, we, we still were waiting for my in-laws to get there. They live, live like 25 minutes away. You can imagine how fast this was going. He had already called them and everything. And um, so he said, okay. So he called 911 right in the driveway from mm. the front seat. Mm -hmm. And he's just as calm. You know, this is, this is what he does. He's got one hand in the back, rubbing my back, giving me some counter pressure. <laughs> rubbing and pressing and he says yes sir you know my wife's in labor this is our address we're right here in the van in our driveway okay get off the phone and he comes around I don't even know remember when but he came around to the side of the van because that next contraction I had actually I mean the the fetal ejection reflex is real and there was Ooh. nothing that I could do yeah and he began to come, and I was like, I might as well just help, <laughs> right? That's because the urge is there. So I just started to breathe and just push and breathe and slightly push. And next thing you know, my husband said, baby, I got him. I was like, no, it's okay. I got him. <laughs> he was like, no, I got him. I got him. So we're trying to figure out, like, who's going to be like, I he was like, you're not going to be able to get him. I'm thinking like, yeah, I will, but it's okay. <laughs> he was in the angle I was, right, but I'm, right. he was like, I got him. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to let you. Feel. He's in the baby's. He's like, he's crowning. He, he, he learned. Okay, go from. ahead. He's yeah. crowning, baby. He's crowning. I was like, don't let him fall. <laughs> Being a mother. Just don't let him fall. Don't let the baby fall. 
I got him. I'm not going to let him fall. So he's got his shirt. And then literally, I'm so glad my husband was a football player because this little boy came out and my husband was like, <laughs> when I saw the episode. <laughs> it was all the Martin episode yeah, with Gina and that baby flew out. <laughs> I got him. Got- <laughs> That's really seriously. Like, oh, and he grabbed him. And by this time, I'm looking out of the window. And the officer was, my, the ambulance hadn't shown up yet. This is a police officer. Mm-hmm. He runs to the car. This is in between this two. He runs to the car. He was like, oh, hey, can I help you? You know, what's going on? You know what? And, and he comes over. He goes, oh, boy. And so he runs back to his car and brought out some Chucks pads. I like to say puppy pads because, you know, he didn't <laughs> have course. those in his car for exactly. birth. Okay. <laughs> so he exactly. Chucks pads out. puppy pads. And when he came back over, the baby was out. Wow. And, you know, he was sitting there and he was, oh, you know, all the baby's quarters wrapped around his neck. And I'm like, he's fine. I need to suction him. I don't. He's on his. You guys aren't here yet. I need. I need an aspirator. And I'm like, give me my baby. Look, based on probably whatever they had. We've all seen on TV or seen and whatever. We just start calling out the things yeah. that we know. I need to cut the cord. I was like, no, actually, I would like for you to leave the cord alone. It's okay. I just need you to leave. No, ma'am, it needs to be cut. And so he had that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a choice yeah. to either yeah. hemorrhage because I'm fussing at this man. Exactly. Or, or just, go to, just yeah. let it go. And so I decided to let it go. He had no equipment anyway. <laughs> right? What's he gonna do? So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna let it go. He was probably nervous. He, of I don't course. know if he ever had done this before, but come to find out, he did, but only with his wife. So they were in a c- controlled environment. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So anyway, baby came in the car at home in the driveway. <laughs> Here we are with this door, all the way open in the van on the corner yes. lot. It's pouring down yes, rain. Honey. It was a movie. Yes, honey. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and it was the best birth mm-hmm. that I had had at that time. Mm-hmm. I felt like I said, you know what? I was like, oh, my gosh, I just coached myself. I had total control over every part of my body. Yes. I felt comfortable. I didn't feel restrained. Everything that I had felt before. You did I didn't feel it. And I was like, I will never be in the hospital again. You know, that's a powerful thing to say. I would never birth in a hospital again. That's powerful. And that's really just how I felt. <laughs> like, seriously. Really? That was the truth. So tell me how um, How did that inform your, your, your fifth pregnancy? How did you prepare? How did you knew you said, I'm not going back? Yeah. And I said that because of the freedom. Exactly. Um... And because I had already been doing more studies about birth and my body getting to know my body better and getting to know birth better, I didn't want to have that fear anymore. Can you um, just, you know, there's something to be said about the fear. Yeah. That that's a real thing. And I think we don't recognize that when we, when you, when you do look at um, the fact that historically, as I always say, as recently as 50 or 60 years ago, you know, most black women, because they were excluded from some many public facilities, 
especially yeah. in the South, we're yeah. birthing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but to but to have the mortality and the morbidity rates that are going on now yeah. in the hospital in this place where technology yeah. and 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 all these things are supposed to be most modern, that really is a thing, you know. That's it really thing. is, and that wasn't my fear. Surprisingly, I didn't have. What was your fear? My fear was of being restrained again. I didn't want to be felt tied down. I didn't, because I felt like if I could get up, I could do better. Got it. You know, I could do so much better. And when I started reading um, even um, books and um, things and just... Uh, books by written by midwives and I'm and they're telling their stories about these women and I remember reading one book and the lady was like she was in a room with this woman and she's like would you just leave me alone just let me do what I need to do she actually said that to the midwife but she was a young midwife Mm -hmm. at the time and she didn't know and she was like okay and she let the woman get up and she was leaning on the wall leaning over the bed and at one point she just squatted down and she pushed that baby out yeah. And I'm like, I want that freedom. Not that I want to be all over the place. But, but... I want the freedom to birth how it, the way that you experienced it. Yeah. This is what I feel my body wants to do. When you yeah, but forward. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. So then how did you pre- prepare for Miss Annalie? I had to mentally prepare first because first the first thing was, although I knew what I wanted, I was still afraid mm-hmm. of doing it outside of my norm. Exactly. And what was considered normal. Because that wasn't planned. It just because happened. Because it, right, it right. just happened. So I'm like, okay, whoa, well, I can do this. Right. You know, that gave me some some gusto. I mm-hmm. can do this, but whoa, you know, can I? Yeah. Am I, am I capable of mm-hmm. n- enough of actually birthing my baby at home? Like, who's going to help me? I don't want to be ignorant about it. I want to have someone there who's a professional. I want to have mm-hmm. a midwife there. And then I had to, um, I talked to my husband about it. And that was another hurdle to get over because he was like, nah, you know, babe, <laughs> I don't know because what if something goes wrong? And he has every right exactly. to feel that way because not only is he my husband, he's worried about me, but he's also worried about his baby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of women are like, well, I'm going to have this baby at home and I don't care what my husband saying. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, you want to consider yeah. that when that baby comes out, you're going to yeah. want him to be able to advocate for that baby. Exactly, yeah. And he's, he can do that while he's still inside of you, too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to have that reservation. It's yeah. okay. So what I decided to do was invite a midwife over to the house. Mm-hmm. And I let her know about his reservations. And it wasn't to persuade him, but so that he can ask her any questions that he had. So that he can maybe become more comfortable. And in actuality, he never became comfortable with it. But he said, babe... I trust you. I yeah. trust your knowledge. I trust the midwife. I'm doing this for you. Mm. So it wasn't about, he was still afraid of the unknown. Mm-hmm. What if something went wrong? Like mm-hmm. I, I ended up semi-hemorrhaging with mm-hmm. my second. What if that happened? You know, and he, he asked those questions. He's, you know, well, if I, at any time I feel like there's an emergency that arise, yeah. you know, I will even have them just standing at the door just in case. Exactly. You know, just in case. I'm like, okay, you guys can leave. Everything's fine. You know. So that brought him some sense of comfort. So I was ready. I got a list of things together that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want a water birth um, because I'm like, I can see my toddler 
jumping in. And I mean, and that's, of course, some people right. are totally okay with that. But that wasn't what you wanted. But he was really rambunctious and it yes. would have been like Kalahari Park yes, in there and yeah. the carpet and I just wasn't ready for that. <laughs> so I was like, you know, you know what? It's okay because I realized that my comfort place is in my bedroom on my side of the bed. You know, if I'm if I'm even just having back cramps, I'm not feeling well. I go on my lay on my side of the bed or in a specific part of the couch in the mm-hmm. living room. So I'm like, you know what? I have comfort spaces. I'm going to use them. So yeah. I had these spaces that I wanted to use. I gathered up the supplies that I was supposed to gather up. And and I would just, you know, put myself up every day and say, you are capable. You did it before. Like you that. can do it again. Because that fear was still there of, can I do it? Because there's no lords here to tell me what to do. And, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, you did it already. You did it before, you can do it again. And I did. (laughs) And this time was very similar to the last time. Of course, in this case, the midwife was going to be with us. But, um, yeah, she didn't make it. She didn't make it. She didn't make it. And my husband, the rock star that he is, was able to catch number five. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this this woman just <laughs> nobody makes it. It just seems... and it was beautiful. It was, yeah, I, I remember was, it was, was early in the was it, it was early, early in the morning, in the morning again. again, and yeah. I I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom, and before I went, I was like, did I just pee on myself? Because you know when you're pregnant, you know yes, you, you hiccup, you pickup, and you can happen. so I'm like, oh, okay, well I'll just go and I empty my bladder, and then I was on my way back, and it's like let me just put a liner on, you know. And I'm like, oh, this lighter is awfully wet. What just happened? What's going on? You know? <laughs> because this is the first time that I actually ever felt my water breaking. Even yeah. with the birth in the van, everything, birth, ba- water, baby at the same time. Yeah, see, I don't even know what it's like to, to feel that. My, so this was my, my never, first. I never experienced And with water. the previous ones, I was in the hospital and they broke it. Yeah. So this was like, okay, well. Must be some strange pregnancy discharge that I've never. <laughs> so the contractions started and everything. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm in labor, you know. So we start preparing the bed, you know, and it was so nice. I'm like, wow, this is real. We're doing it at home and we're preparing the bed. And it got to a point where I said, you know, I want to go in the shower. I could do that. Yes. That's amazing. Exactly. I want to go in the shower and I can go in the hospital. Uh, 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 no, you're fall risk. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Can't go in the shower. Well, at least the hospitals that I was. Oh, the same. Yeah. You know, unless it so, was intended for that. And oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I got in the shower and the water was beating my back and my husband was timing contractions and and he was just there and he's like, "How you doing?" Oh yeah, okay. Just just take your time with him. Just let it roll through. You know, just oh, let yeah. it roll. You know. <laughs> like, yes. And so then I started seeing the waves. You know, he painted the picture, so I started seeing waves and. I, coming in and they going out like literally visualizing them in my mind I was like this is so good and I was like I get out and I'm on my way back to the bedroom and I see our oldest son and he's in the kitchen and he looks and he goes okay and my husband walks out like mom's in labor he's like okay so he goes back in his room and this is his first time in the house this is planned yeah. and by this time 
Mm, I'm doing that. Mm, you know, I'm in the bedroom and it's a really small house. And he start, He said that when he heard me, well, I'll get to that part. Yeah. But so he's, so he's doing that. So he calls the midwife and she's on her way, but she lives like 45 minutes mm-hmm. away. So it gets to the point where I'm like, my husband's like, well, she's like, okay, well, just, just call me. Just let her do what she's got to do. Just be there for her. But if she feels like she's start getting pushy, just call me back. So the next phone call, which was five minutes later, <laughs> she's getting pushy. Because <laughs> I was like, babe, I got to push. So that was that. And, you know, he got the baby and midwife was on the phone. And she's like, that's it. Just make all the noise you want. Just breathe out. Just roar out you're roaring girl go you know and i'm like yes i'm just like wow him out and then baby comes out and she's like blowing his face dad blowing her face blowing her face so he blows she's like you give her a good blow <sighs> she starts crying <laughs> right and so i was like you know i'm thinking do we need to aspirate or anything no, we don't need to aspirate. You know, a blow in the face is fine. He blew in her face and she started crying. Midwife says, that's exactly what I want to hear. Keep mom and baby warm. I'll be there soon. <laughs> that was it. Keep her warm. Warm? So, See that warmness uh-huh, thing comes? Keep her warm. And I understood why. Because right before, as I'm pushing, I got super hot and I said, turn on the fan. And I remember this now. And she said, no, don't turn on the fan. Whoa. On the phone. She said, no, don't turn on the fan. Baby was crowned already. She said, no, no fan. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm dying in here. I'm hot. (laughs) But, you know, I'm like, okay. She knows this baby's about to come. We don't need that draftiness, you know. Baby came out. I'm laying there. She's like, keep it dark in there. It's okay. Put the lights out. Keep mom and baby warm. Put her on me. Put the blanket on. Just laying there in the dark cuddling wet <laughs> just everything just everything i started nursing her see 15 minutes later midwife comes in and she's like oh let me see you and baby are doing okay okay good you guys look wonderful it leaves out and i'm like she's not gonna check me right <laughs> <laughs> and she came in a couple minutes later what she did was she went out to ask my husband certain questions uh-huh. and she came back in do you mind if I take a look and make sure how you, you know, just check your bleeding? You're asking me? Okay. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> so, I was like, sure. So, should I stop? No, keep nursing her. Do what you're doing. Keep her on there as long as she'll stay. Okay, so I'm nursing her and she's checking me. Gentle. Very gentle. I can barely feel her touching me. Everything looks great. You have a little natural tear, but that's perfect. It'll be fine. Your bleeding looks great. We're going to get you up in about 10 minutes so I can help you get to the bathroom just so you can empty that bladder. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. All right. I'm going to go make you some tea. (laughs) And my husband's like, I'm going to start breakfast. Wow. So I'm smelling things and... Oh, she also changed the bed. So she got me on the dry side and yeah. wrapped up everything yes. and took the plastic out and put clean chucks up under me. And, oh, it was 
so nice. And then the baby's still attached to the cord, mind you. She came in and she said, do you feel the need to push or anything? No, okay. Maybe an hour later she came in. How about now? You feel any contractions? Yeah, she was like, it's okay if I take a look. I want to try to see if the placenta's trying to come. Oh, yeah, it's trying to come. Go ahead and give a little push. All right, there it is. All right, we're just going to put it in this bowl. Let me go check on this. Are you okay? You need anything? No. Are you warm? Okay. No clanking and light splashing yet for you? Actually, the only light she turned on in my house, in the room, was the closet light, and that's only so she could see. It was dark. <laughs> And then after that, it was about maybe two hours later, she came in and my husband was like, can the kids come in? I'm like, yeah, yeah, the kids can come in. And they're all around and sitting on the bed and googly eyes at the baby. And then court looks empty. She says, okay, let's get, let's get this court cut. Who's up for it? And my oldest said, me. We have pictures of him cutting the cord, my oldest. It's like the Alpha and Omega, right? Yes, <laughs> like he's cutting the cord. And that was just so beautiful. And then she starts giving my children a lesson on the placenta. She's opening the sack. This is where the baby was. And this is these are the, the three sources of where this comes from and where this goes in and out. And I'm sitting there like, and they're like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. It was just that's awesome. Absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Absolutely amazing. Ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> I just love your stories. <laughs> I've heard them before, of course. But yes. <laughs> um, tell me, what was the most? Well, you've already shared what the most exciting parts were. Mm -hmm. What was the most challenging part? Would it be just the unknown, or was there some aspect of home birth that just was challenging for you? The challenging part of home birth, um, I can't say that I can put my finger on one. So for you, you you had the hospital, you yeah. had the, you had the van, you had the van. <laughs> free birthing everywhere, yeah, it seems. Free birthing, yeah, accidentally. Yeah, yeah. But you just had all these experiences, and you don't you don't look and say, oh, this is what I didn't like. I'm really trying to fish. You don't have to if it doesn't come to mind. I, I just if I ask you, what's the worst part about hospital? Right. I really don't yeah. have, I can't say, even in the car. I mean, some people say, oh my gosh, you know, you had your baby in the car? In the car. And I said, when I say, it was the best thing at that time before the last Yeah. Day, oh man, it was the most beautiful thing. They're like, yeah. you know, weird. Oh my God. But they didn't, they didn't understand. Yeah you know, what was the fear that I had of being in the hospital setting and being held back and being restrained and being lorded over. They didn't understand and that. And it does matter what people, what the source of the fear is. Yeah. Because different people have different sources of Absolutely. fear. Things that provoke the fear. For some, it will be, oh my God, something yeah. horrible will happen. For you, it was, I was restrained. I felt captive. Absolutely. And, and just to show you how... Um, easy it is to switch over midwives are really flexible and say oh you're doing a week and you want to switch over let me make sure everything is cool first let me look at your record we yeah. could totally do this because i was seeing an obgyn mm -hmm. up until about 
Yes, you were. A month yeah. or so, yeah. a month and a half yeah. before my planned home birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one, I didn't know a midwife. Mm-hmm. Two, I was I still had these reservations of actually wondering if I could do it. Mm-hmm. My husband had reservations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... You actually had to go search for a midwife. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So once I found one and my husband decided, okay, we're going to do this for you, which... He ended up enjoying it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it was just, I'm going to do this. And there was also that fear of, I'm going to let my OB down. Isn't it amazing how we I had that that? fear. Like, seriously. You don't want them to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to answer a call. She knows that I'm missing my appointments. I actually didn't want to answer her calls because I felt so obligated to tell her because it got to a point where I started getting uncomfortable with our visits because she and she's an amazing woman. Of course. Let me tell you. I have no doubt. She was there for my last I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was Mm -hmm. she was it. Amazing. And um, but that wasn't what this was about. That wasn't what this was about. Mm -hmm. And It came to the point where I was maybe almost two months due, um, and she said, well, we don't want you to have another accident again in the car. Yeah, an accident in the car, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to have another accident. That's too dangerous, okay? Mm-hmm. So, what we're going to do is, um, at, uh, what did she say, at 30, 30, 39, when you're 39 weeks, you hit that, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, bring you in, and we can go ahead and just start the labor. Mm. So now, not not because but not because of a medical so in in that from that perspective the car was an accident or a medical emergency right. that fourth one mm-hmm. and to prevent that medical emergency then you would be induced correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I told her I said oh, what I don't want to do. I don't want to be put on a timetable. You're going to bring me in here, and you're going to try to induce me. And she was like, well, okay. Okay, well, how about we just, you know, put the pill in there, you know, just soften you up. Well, last time you checked me, you said I'm soft as butter. So that's not going to work. I'm already nice and soft. It's just not open yet, you know. She was like, well, we don't want this to happen again. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, it could turn into a dangerous situation if you just spontaneously go into labor and a home and you can't, how far are you away from the, from the hospital again? About 20 minutes seat and your husband works, you know, your, your kids can't drive, you're at the home, she's your uh-huh. whole picture. You're at home with the kids by yourself. What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm not going to be induced. And she was like, well, look. Okay, fine. You're not going to be induced. And I was like, whoa. And I was actually scared to say that. But I said it. Mm-hmm. But she like, said I'm it. I'm not going to be induced. She was like, okay, well. And I'm like, oh, dang, is that easy? You're not going to be induced then. Um, you make sure. I don't care if you if you start peeing and it feels like you're having a contraction through your pee. This is what she's, <laughs> she's just being silly. Like, you feel the lightest twinge. You get in here right away. She was like, and I, don't, I was like, but what if it's too soon? She was like, I don't care. I'll baby you for a week. 
<laughs> and I believe she would have. I believe it too. I believe she would have. I'll take care of you for a week. I'll bring you meals. I'll even cook for you at home. But you're going to stand here for me. So <clears throat> I was like, okay. But at the same time, I was uncomfortable with that because I knew that I still had to see her a few more times. I was seeing her every week at this time um, because she had classified me as high risk because I had gone into labor spontaneously. I'm sorry. Um, I, I never heard that part. Yeah, you were you were classified as high risk because of why? Because of the spontaneous birth that I had. You had man. high blood pressure. You had diabetes, no. gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, no cause. Was it? Concern. I'm sorry. So was it preterm labor? Were you were you early with the number four? Was it in the twenty eighth or twenty? Was it something? No, like, number four was right on time. But so I did were, have early previous before. But was that what she was? Those weren't to? spontaneous. She was referring to that accident in the car. Yes. Gotcha. Because those before I was induced, pretty much, you know. So, um, that really just, and although I admire her work, I admire her as a black OB. I admire the work. Her bedside manners are absolutely phenomenal. She does more work than the nurses. You hear me? Yeah. I've never had a doctor clean my behind. Yeah. She did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never had a, a doctor rub my hair, a OB, but she did. Yeah. You know, and then it, it's like it a, makes it's like a, a double sided coin. Yeah. You know? Because at the end of the day, there's still that liability that, mm-hmm. that they're, they're very much concerned about. And that should be acknowledged. Yeah. Uh, but when women are being confined because the, the what's the determining factors of what is high risk, yeah. It's something important important to you know yeah you know that's a big deal and i wasn't high risk on paper and i wasn't high risk on paper at all but she would say that you know because you you know you're high risk and you gonna have this baby anywhere you know it came off like that and um so it was it was i just turned you forgot to tell me yes about that oldest one of yours that, that that saw his mom yes i forgot that part so my husband told me that after the baby was born, he was actually the only one awake at this time. Early in the morning, it was still dark out, kind of bluish. Mm-hmm. He went to go tell him because he knew he was awake to go tell him, your baby sister's here. He walked into his bedroom and he found that boy on his knees praying. Praying for his mama. And he said, Jay, you okay? Yeah. He's like... I asked him later, I said, what were you praying for? He was like, I was just, he's like, I heard you. And I was just praying that you were okay and that the baby was okay and everything was going, because I couldn't see anything, but I could just hear you roar. You know? And then all of a sudden it stopped. And I'm like, then I hear a baby and I'm like, (laughs) and then he just kept praying. You know what? I think we underestimate. Mm -hmm. I, I say this often. I say that. Um, because home, because birth is taken away out of the home. I usually talk about women and, and how women would not have reached a certain age yeah. uh, without knowing the sounds, mm. the smells, mm. the, the essence of what yes. birth was like. But even my father, who's um, like the oldest of his siblings, mm-hmm. he has memories of birth, of, of so certain awesome. things. And we can't underestimate the power of... I've heard that sound before. 
Oh, I heard my mother roar. Yes. I heard because that in itself takes that some of that unknown away. Yes. It takes some it takes of that mystery away. away. It makes it, it a norm. It, it makes it like, oh, that's what birth sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I often mention, you know, we're in a society where the only type of powerful sounds that are heard from women are often sexualized or right. something else. Yep. But to understand this full context yeah. of this sound, in his mind, that's what that's the sound of that's birth. That's the sound of birth. You know, and I powerful. heard that sound coming out of me. It was a sound that I never, I did it in the van yeah. too. But when I was doing it, I was breathing correctly. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like contractions push down, but somehow they push up too. Yes. <laughs> they push up too because this is going down and I'm trying to breathe. And it's hard to have a normal rate of breath during mm-hmm. contractions, but you know that you have to. Mm-hmm. Holding your breath, you don't want to do that. No. But the only way that I could was to roar. And I didn't want to push hard. So the only way to have that control yes. and breathe at the same time, I needed to be a lioness at this point. <laughs> <laughs> lioness came so, through. Yeah, it came through. And it helped. Yeah. It helped. And my love, would you tell them who you are? Because you're not just a woman here that's roaring and birthing babies out of your body, (laughs) but you're also one who assists people who are desiring to birth. Yes. Um, Those who desire to be supporters of those who are birthing. Mm -hmm. Tell us who you are, Doula Mom. I am Doula Mom. (laughs) And... I am a certified birth and postpartum doula, and I love helping women. I love serving women, and um, it's just something that's just innate. Uh, I like serving people, (laughs) so just serving women on the birth aspect and just being a part of God's divine, you know, just design. You're literally a helper of God. It's, It's Exactly, and it's just something that I feel honored every time. Every time I birth, I feel honored. You know, it overwhelms me every time. It's not my baby, but I cry. Mm-hmm. I'm just sensitive like that. <laughs> but um, I'm also a doula coach, business-wise, so I can um, help other doulas to establish their businesses and to teach them different ways that they can become successful at being a doula. Mm-hmm. And recently, I wrote a book. Ah, tell me about it. It's the Doula Business Journal, and it is a guided journal. It's kind of like, think, bullet journal meets regular journal. It encourages the doula to be creative because birth workers are naturally creative. We are natural creatives. Um, We can go in the birth room and make something out of nothing. We can take a sheet and make a rebozo. Amen. (laughs) So, right? Exactly. So we are naturally <laughs> creatives, but not everyone has that business side of them. And they really don't know. A lot of new doodles come into and they're like, okay, I got my certification. And they leave from their three-day hiatus. And they come back and they're like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Nobody knows who I am. And they get those business courses, but still, there's some type of fear there. And they're afraid to step out. Where mm-hmm. This journal is there to help set goals and keep goals and to move forward in the business in a way and in a at a pace that the doula feels comfortable in doing so. And it encourages the creativity. They can, 
It has uh, customizable calendars in here. Nice. Oh my goodness. Do I see color? Look at this. Do I see So these are just a couple of pages that I've designed. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. And so it has some, it really guides the the doula at first about what they should do and how are they, how they should go about making their goals. And um, look at that. I like to doula doula. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, How nice. It encourages the doula not to be creative, um, but also to stay accountable for reaching goals. A lot of times they think their goal needs to be big. Like, oh, I need to get these, you know, they tell them you need three births. Mm-hmm, now, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. That can also be a part of the journal. But how? Mm-hmm. How do I go about getting these three births? You know, mm-hmm. how do I um, let people know that I'm available? Exactly. You know, you don't want to just go around in the grocery store. Oh, pregnant woman. Hey, hey, girl. I'm hey. a doula. You need one? Need one? I'm your girl. So there's um, different ways to go about that. And the Doula Business Journal can help guide and and set, help let them set their own pace and set their own goals and help them reach their business goals in an accountability, accountability creative fashion. And you also are doing something else that everybody that would want to could take advantage of, regardless of where their location is. Absolutely. Everybody can take advantage of this. I've I've created something called the Virtual Doula. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, a lot of people are kind of weary about that, but I have a lot of people that are really interested because they've actually been doing it already. And Mm -hmm. what's a Virtual Doula? Providing educational and... um, educational or moral support via the virtual world text message email video chat and um i i'm sure i'm sure that even you can attest to getting messages absolutely what does this mean you know (laughs) and you know we're we're always saying that time is valuable and it is Mm -hmm. but we have to really practice that and if that's a thing, if you're constantly getting messages, you're already doing virtual doing work. At that, you could scream it from the mountaintops because yeah. with social media, that is definitely a thing. And what happens is, I mean, anyone who's in the birth culture can look in their messages and find someone that's oh, asking yes. a question. Mm-hmm. You're putting in the time. Absolutely. You know, you're putting in the, you know, asking questions. Sometimes I'll ask the questions on my page just because... You know what? I'll post the question on the page. Not yes. because I don't know it. Right. But because it is work. Absolutely. It <laughs> it's is work. work. That's work. Let me get some other people Let in me, here to answer those these that questions. want to, <clears throat> to share. Absolutely. Because that is virtual work. That's a virtual doula work. Um, and I love that you are actually um, taking the time to look and say, okay, let's, let's make this a thing so that we can actually really value our time absolutely and let people know i'm available for this right and it's not just for the people who are sending those random messages exactly some people like myself who didn't need a physical doula at my birth because i had my rock star of a husband yeah it was um i still felt like that womanness and you know that somebody to reach out to when i wanted to and, I've and that had, takes time. It takes. That takes time. It literally does. I, but I've. Oof, for but I've decided <laughs> that it's not only for that either. Yeah. It goes beyond that because there are a lot of spouses that are apart from each other for long periods of time because of work or because mm-hmm. of military, and they are not connected during that time of birth. 
and pregnancy. Yeah. So what better way for a doula to offer that service nice. to bring them together yeah. through video chat? Okay, you guys video chat all the way, all the time together, but what about to learn something about this pregnancy and learn about the birth and and let's get on this one accord together even though we are not together right now we can come together we can and we can we can still do this together i think people underestimate it yeah. underestimate the power of that mm-hmm. um like i told you i don't call my virtual doula but i tell people all the time we have look there's some things if, if people yeah. can ask these kind of questions yeah you know and i realize that there are people that are only asking minimal questions yeah you know go ahead and put a Put value on the work that you do. Absolutely. You know, and so I, I definitely appreciate that you're actually not just saying, hey, I do virtual work, but you're also um, saying, let me teach you how you can do this Absolutely. And it's That's a six-week course. Mm-hmm. It's a six-week course. The first one starts uh, May 1st. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, it'll cover everything from... Um, how to find your target market and um, advertising mm-hmm. and setting up your site and all that and what you can actually do to build your business around that because it just you don't doesn't have to be it's not and that's one thing I want to say is the virtual doula does not it will never replace never. the physical doula of course not. and that's not what a virtual I'm not trying to Oh, this is new thing. You got virtual doulas over here. It's not. It's not to replace that because someone may need still a vir- a, a physical doula. But if they're local, those mm-hmm. services can be blended. Well, this is the way that I look at it. I look at this. Uh, I I uh, often focus my work on Black women, even though I serve everybody. Of course, I focus my efforts in looking at what kind of problems. Could I help solve with yes. that? Because often, if you can, if you can solve those problems, like in around birth uh, culture with Black women, then everybody else ends up getting helped in the process. Yes. And so, I consider this this the the increasing infant mortality rates, maternal mortality rates. I consider them to be a state of emergency, mm-hmm. and that means that um, we're walking around saying, "Oh, you're taking my op." No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh. It's about saving women. That's it. That's, That's it. what this is. If I can help address that fear yep. that the woman has. Like I've told you before, I have been on, and, and this is why I love what you're doing, because it puts a value on even having virtually. I've had people say, my niece, you know, she's yeah. whatever age. Can you talk to her? She yeah. thinks she's in labor. Absolutely. I said, okay, put her on the phone. I, that has happened before. Mm-hmm. I'm answering the <laughs> call and Sometimes I would be somewhere with my family. Y'all give me five minutes. Just give me five minutes. And I'll step away because, I mean, what am I going to say? I'm sorry. Right. I'm not available right now. Of course. And, of course, that you have to set boundaries. But, right. you know, what am I going to do? I, what are you, you going to do? Give me yeah. five minutes. Let me let me talk to her. And, and yeah. I, when you're doing that, mm-hmm. when you're saying, you know, let me hear you. Okay. All right. Literally, there are women I've never talked to again. I don't know their name. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. All I know is somebody called me that I knew. Yeah. They said, can you talk to my niece? Right. I think she might be in labor. Mm-hmm. I am not the person that's going to say no. Right. I charge this fee and for my time. Right. For in that moment. Mm-hmm. In that moment. Yeah. I am a helper of God. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I am. Absolutely. But I love the fact that when you think ahead. Absolutely. You can yeah. tell people, hey, if you want that type yep. of 
assistance to be available to you. Yeah. You can do that. And not only that, it's the way of the world. Everything, Everything is, virtual. is virtual. I mean, you can do sales. your entire Christmas shopping and grocery shopping. Never leave your house. Online. Someone bring it to We your really got to stay on top of the game or else we'll just be left behind. Really. And that's and that's why I offer things like that. Yeah. That's, and I think that we need to understand that aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to say, you were saying not to replace doulas. I think the whole point... Um, of when you talk about the virtual uh, doula, it's an, it's not only is it a state of emergency, but it's about support for women. Absolutely. Whether you're going to call it a doula, yeah, whatever you're going to call it, this is about support for women. Exactly. Whether it's you, your, and my husband. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a sister and a friend. Yep. Or it's a doula that I hired. Exactly. It is about supporting women. That's it. Okay. And this is another way for women to know they are supported. Exactly. So, first of all, thank you for sharing your experiences with me and with everybody that's going to be watching this. Um, I never take it for granted how our stories heal as as women of African descent and other. Before we got here, we were all from somewhere. Um, Stories are how we bring about longevity, Mm -hmm. how we tell what um, the histories are, and you're contributing to that. You're contributing to the history mm-hmm. of how women birth. And it doesn't just happen in the hospital. Yeah. Your free births and all of those things, they are contributing to someone watching and, and listening to themselves. What is my fear? My fear might not be this, but it's yeah. that. And they're mm-hmm. listening to you and they're going to feel, I need to listen to me too. So I would ask you if there's a message that you have for young women, whether they're a birthing age or not, whether they're ready to consider birth or not, just just what message would you have for women, for the mother of women that might be considering birth, for all those who are uneasy and all of us that have these unknowns and the and the partners and everybody, what would you say to them if 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 I ask you, what what is the message that you have for them? Be okay with what you don't know. But find out. Be comfortable with your body. Know that you were designed to birth babies. And you can do it. You can do it. And you can do it safely. You can do it with power. You can do it loud. You can do it softly. You can do it in the pool. You can do it at home. You can do it in the hospital. You can do it by cesarean. But you can do it. And I appreciate you, my sister. Appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for being willing to share your time, your home. Your family has been so patient. Yes, they have. <laughs> they were like, oh my God, I heard the whisper. Is he still down? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's him. My husband's in the background. He won't come on the camera, but still, <laughs> still. just thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for having me. Of course. I love your story and thank you for sharing with the world.